Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and today we're talking about aerial yoga. I'm a total wimp when it comes to yoga, and I feel like there should be a specialty class for big, out-of-shape guys who can't even touch their knees, and I think we should call it big, fat yoga. It'll be like the men's equivalent of prenatal yoga. But as hard as it is for me to picture successfully doing regular yoga, I really can't imagine what aerial yoga is and who could possibly do it. My guests in the studio today are both pregnant with their first babies and are both aerial yogis. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Uh, my first guest is a celebrity trainer and the creator and founder of Up Flying Yoga. She is yoga doctor certified, yoga medicine trained, and has spent over 10,000 hours defying gravity creating Up Flying Yoga and Up Fly Aerial Dance. She is best known for her strong belief in the therapeutic power of aerial yoga arts. Kimberly Simonetti, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to learn more about this. Um, also with us tonight is Los Angeles-based executive producer specializing in unscripted television with credits on teeny tiny networks like USA, ABC, Fox, Bravo, Lifetime, and VH1, to name a few. Katie is also a certified up-flying yoga and aerial dance instructor and aerial performer. In addition to her aerial arts, Katie is an avid fitness enthusiast and enjoys hiking, yoga, and Pilates. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, my goodness. So, okay, I was <laughs> – you're the first person, Kimberly, that I ever met who I know does aerial yoga. And not just does it. Like, uh, you live it. This um, is true. And then just a few days later, I met Katie. <laughs> so um, I thought you were the only one. And then it turns out – There's two. You aren't. There are two. <laughs> and you're both pregnant. So there will be four. <laughs> this is also true. <laughs> We've got big plans for these babies. Yes. They're going to be in the air ASAP. Uh, all right. First of all, how did you get into aerial yoga, each of you? Well, um, let's see. I started the company about eight years ago, and I got into aerial arts two years previous of that. I grew up actually watching my dad hang upside down. He has spinal stenosis, which is like a blockage in the spinal column. So if he kind of jars too quickly to the left or the right, the spinal column can um, shift and he can actually be paralyzed. Oh, and wow. it's happened a few times, you know, growing up, seeing him not be able to use his Where legs. he gets knocked and, off his feet. Wow. Yeah. 
So he's been uh, Batman for me growing up, and you know, seeing that happen um, got me doing uh, inversions. And then I have a damaged kidney also, and I have to do everything holistically. Damaged kidney from early on? Uh, yeah, I was actually born breech. And, um, oh, I was born surprise. breech. Well, mine didn't work out as well. Oh, really? <laughs> I got a damaged kidney and a damaged bladder. Because of the breech birth? Yeah, they pulled me out with forceps and they damaged oh. it. Yep. So I had surgery when I was five and um, learned breath work at that age, actually, by one of the nurses really? at the hospital. At yeah. five years old? Yep. And um, actually, it was much like when you see in the movies, the C-section, where they put like the blanket between you, the upper body, and the lower body. And yeah, I have a very vivid imagery of that. Really? Yeah. But that did not get me into aerial yoga. Uh, what got me into aerial yoga was definitely having to do things holistically. I couldn't take um, NSIDs. So, like, you know, people take, you know, uh, an- antibiotics and things of that nature. And um, I and don't. just like even Advil? You... Can't drink alcohol. Yeah. So there's. Because of your kidney? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because of damaged kidney, yeah. And so... You knew early on. I mean, at five, you probably alcohol wasn't a big deal, but... Yeah. I was a huge drinker at five. <laughs> By the age of 21, you know, when you can show your ID, it's not cool anymore. So <laughs> that's right. You <laughs> so got to get it all in early on. Yeah. I don't know. Did you... I mean, did they tell you early on, like, these are these things are going to be off limits to you, or did you find uh, out yeah, the Yeah, like, way? well, growing up, like, I knew, like, when I would have too much sodium, it would show up in my hands, and it would show up in my face. Oh, like, it was swelling. very obvious. Yeah, the swelling, um, things like that, and just... Anytime I tried to take an antibiotic, it wouldn't, my body wouldn't Because you're just not filtering. You're not filtering yep. out what needs to get filtered out. Yep, I wasn't filtering it correctly. At the same so. level, yeah. Yeah, so getting upside down on those inversions helped lymphatic system. Oh. Um, quite a bit, yeah. Like, I noticed a big difference when I had to stop during IVF and during the first trimester, not hanging upside down. I was having, yeah, colds and Oh, your symptoms like would come back. Yeah. So, wait, how do you go from five-year-old breath work to... Aerial yoga. Well, I wasn't allowed to do contact sports growing up. So, like, when all the kids would go to gym, I wasn't allowed to do gym. And oh. I ended up doing cheerleading and pom-pom. Pom-pom is an East Coast thing. I don't even know if you guys know what pom-pom I don't is. Know what it is. <laughs> it's no. like these little uh, uh, pom- – they're like pom-poms that you hold in your hand and you just, like, cheer with, you oh, know, so the colors of the Oh, so it's sort of like cheerleading. Yeah. It's like cheerleading, but you have, like, the kick line. Oh, I see. Like the Rockettes, maybe? Yeah. That's how – Rockettes with little pom-poms. You don't have in England. Really? You don't have cheerleaders no. There, no? Yeah. You don't need them. Just too cheerful already. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh. But <laughs> yeah. It's... Yeah. So I did that growing up. And, uh, you know, they basically aerial dance and, you know, cheer and pompa. And they all go into each other. You know, yoga, encouraging other people. When did you start doing regular yoga? Uh, regular yoga I did starting, like, middle school when I was doing cheerleading. And, you oh, know, oh, we were really required, early. required to do the splits. And then the breath work, like I said, I had to start it when... I was five, introduced to it, like breathing in, you know, white snowflakes and exhaling any negative energies. I mean, it was a nurse in the hospital that was teaching me that. Oh. Yeah. What point did you get exposed to aerial yoga? Uh, let's see. So I was an avid runner, and there's that idea of the runner's high, and I had that going on, and then I injured my back, and it was probably, you know, due to excessive running and the damaged kidney and, you know, the bladder and things of that nature probably didn't help it as well. So I had to stop doing that. And I needed, like, some sort of workout. And because my arms were still available, <laughs> I was like, yes, I can climb fabrics. So then I found aerial arts and um, started doing that. And 
on silks, it's like two ribbons that don't have a base at the bottom of it. Okay. So it's something that you have to do pretty advanced, and it was too soon for me to be an advanced student. And so the hammock and the base of it, it was just, it made sense. So I started putting together a syllabus, and Katie was, you know, uh, my BFF at that time. And so you, you put a hammock connecting the two silks? Yeah, so it'd be like a silk that has two ribbons, putting it upside down so you could hang out in the base of it. So doing traction on a traction table, you're hooked at the ankles. And I was like, hold on a second. We could, like, hang upside down in this thing. We could do not only cool aerial tricks, but we could stretch out and be in this thing all the time. Like, how fun is that? And so. you don't have to support yourself because there's a hammock. Yeah. Oh, that sounds... Yeah. Uh, a lot of people describe it as the womb, ironically. The womb? I hear that quite a bit, yeah. Just we ha- get, hanging, you mean? Well, we get inside of it in the very beginning of class, and you put your feet together like, bada, do you know what Badakonasana is? Or no, like no. a butterfly position through the legs. Okay. Yeah, so, so the feet together, knees out wide. Yeah. I can picture it. I yeah. Can picture it. So we get in there in the beginning of class, and you're completely covered in this fabric. And so no one can see you, but oh. you can kind of see out into it. It allows you to get into that little Zen moment so you can connect the body to the mind and um, work on just re- relaxing your muscles so you can get deeper stretch and uh, better workout. And so you, you it's just called the womb. You're in your own little space. Yep. Um, how many are there in a, of these contraptions in a in a class? class? You mean? We have fifteen in our studio. Wow. Mm-hmm. Strong ceiling. It actually looks really cool when you have 15 people all in the little pods, little pods together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're kind of all in this, like, it actually creates a really neat shape. Mm-hmm. And um, usually the lights are kind of turned down a little low at the beginning of class because everyone's kind of just getting into the the head space of it all. Outside um, of the uh, active, real, busy world? Exactly. Just... Yeah, it's pretty cool. Katie, you're from the UK. I am, Yes. Uh, back when it was part of uh, Europe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that aside, <laughs> uh, what brought you this way? Um, I came out here um, with a show called Super Nanny that um, was originally a British show um, and it got sold to ABC. Um, and when that happened, I had already been working on the show in the UK and it was kind of just naturally they shipped me out here. It was supposed to be for a few months, and I'm still here 13 years later. Oh, wow. So yeah. it's a lot of months. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it turned from a few into a, a whole lot of months. Oh. Um, and when did your interest in aerial work begin? So when I came out here, I was kind of looking for a new workout. I had done some dance um, stuff in England. And to be honest with you, I was kind of turned off um, by the dance scene here. I had preconceived notions that it was going to be very cliquey. And, you know, I was just, I I guess, looking back, I was afraid of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I was looking for a new workout that had a dance base to it, but was also challenging and something new. So I found an aerial silks class. As Kim was saying earlier, aerial silks is probably one of the most advanced apparatuses you can choose. (laughs) When you say that, it's because you have to hold yourself the whole time? Yes. And you have to climb. Climb So everything you have to- Really strong upper body. Yeah. Yes. So I didn't have that, and I took the class, and I was like, oh, my God, I literally cannot do anything. But there was all these other people, and they looked so amazing <laughs> with what they were doing. I was like, I have to come back. You know, I have to, like, try and 
be able to do get something. There, yeah. yeah, it was challenging. Yeah, it was like, gotta get the challenge. So I persisted with it, um, and you know, it's such a community. The aerial world, you know, I found a couple of different places that were offering these aerial silks classes. I met my best friend Kim, you know, I met mm. a bunch of other people. Oh, that's where you met. At, that's where we class. met. Yeah, yeah an yeah. aerial silks class, and you know, the journey kind of just began from there. And then Kim was um, expressing an interest in opening her own studio, and had injuries that she was working on. So the aerial yoga. Um, conversation came up, and we just kind of i was yeah. part of the journey. How long have you guys known each other? How long ago was that? Eight years. Eight, nine oh, years, wow. yeah. Yeah, you're still talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And you perform together. We it's do. True. <laughs> yeah, we have a double uh, doubles act that we yep. do around town. We haven't done it in the past um, seven months. <laughs> How do you do it? Well, yeah, you've been busy. You, you each have your own doubles act going on. Yeah, uh, right, at this exactly. Point. Wait, how do you transport around, like around town? How do you? Is the apparatus movable? Yeah, I actually have a couple of different ones that we use for shows. Uh, they're f- they look like a swing set, but they go up really tall. Okay. And some people use something called trussing, which you use to hang lighting and stuff as well. So you can use either of those, or it can be affixed to a ceiling that's indoors. But the apparatus itself, you know, we just set it up and hook it up and made sure like everything is safe and that we have the structural foundation and that we feel good in it so that we can do it till we're 100 years old. <gasps> that's our plan. At so. least. That's our plan, yeah. yeah. Uh, how, how high do you go when you're doing these? Uh, the maximum that I feel comfortable with is 25 feet, but I mean, people go hundreds of feet. And when you do that, are you doing hammock? Or silks? Either or, yeah. So this is with performance. This isn't with aerial yoga. With aerial yoga, we focus on like stretching and taking care of the body and doing body balancing and aerial dance classes. That's where we kind of do more cardio, more fitness-based stuff, and then make the lines look, you know, more uh, dancer-like. Right, exactly. Yeah, we have an aerial chandelier, actually, that holds uh, about over a dozen bottles of alcohol so you can pour drinks down to. The guests at parties. parties. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, it's at the lovelyhearts.com is where you can see cool imagery of it. That does sound cool. I will check it out. But the height stuff, I mean, that would typically be your silks if you're going to go up there and do um, – once you get to teach in our more advanced classes, you'll learn um, sequences with drops in, and that typically involves climbing to the very top, creating a wrap, and then letting go so that you fall close to – the bottom of the fabric mm-hmm. um and obviously for that you need height so that's where your height kind of comes into play yeah. and you need the aerial yoga to recover from exactly. that drop. <laughs> the therapeutic aerial yoga when you say make a wrap i that's not the kind of wrap i usually no, make. <laughs> <laughs> um when someone wants to who would be a good candidate to to say, hey, maybe aerial yoga is right for me? You would be a great candidate. Me? Yeah. Anyone and everyone. Yeah. What? 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 This is true. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a great, it's like we call it like the prop. It's the modification. So if you can't reach your uh, hand to your foot, like you're trying to reach forward, you can put your foot in the fabric and it holds you in place. You can kind of just like inch your way forward, holding onto the fabric up above. So then you slowly start to get flexible. And like I said, when we're resting in the fabric in the very beginning, it's much like the idea of an anxiety blanket. How so high they use it off for the ground is that? Three feet off the ground. Three? Yep. I could fall three feet. 
Yeah, you won't have to fall. We'll, I'm just we'll make sure you're <laughs> secure in place. Yeah. I, I'm seeing an Instagram picture coming to light here. I think it needs <laughs> to happen. I try this I one day. It needs to happen. Yes. I mean, the, the beautiful thing about aerial yoga, and as Kim is saying, it using it as a prop, it actually helps you achieve some um, advanced yoga positions. Um, for example, like getting the feeling of a handstand, you can achieve in aerial yoga a lot more supported with the hammock than what you would building up to in a regular yoga class. Yeah. Um, so it has great benefits of being you being able to try out some of those more advanced poses in the comfort of the hammock with the support of the hammock. Um, so you get that feeling on your wrist without having to take all, all the weight. All the weight. Oh, yeah. and then because also, look, I, I have a lot of clients who do yoga all the time. Yeah. And they look so grounded and so healthy. Not all of them, I'm generalizing, but yeah. but the ones who have a regular yoga practice just really seem to be able to take the stresses of life and be yeah. able to process them in a much healthier way than people who don't have that kind of outlet. But um, I also see people who want to do yoga but have injuries like to the wrist. Yeah. But it sounds like with this apparatus, you can sort of minimize some of the strain on the joints. And also, yeah. I know that I've I've honestly only done probably three three times done mm-hmm. yoga or tried. And mm-hmm. um, the first time was a total disaster. Uh, I, I went into, a, I went into a, a gym, into a multi-purpose room. I didn't see that there was yoga going on in the corner, and I wanted to just punch and kick the bags in there. And we walked in. I walked in with my friend Moose, and they were they were like, hi, we have yoga class. And I'm like, oh, <clears throat> we'll come back. What time's it over? He's like, no. No, come in. Yoga's for everyone. I'm like, no, you haven't met me. Yoga's <laughs> not for me. He's like, oh, yoga's for everyone. And then I would say, like, he most wanted to try it. So we went, and there were like seven or eight people in the class. They did a pose called, I think it's called Upside Down Tree. Okay. Like a handstand sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he broke it down to three parts. He's like, first reach forward and touch your toes. And I'm like struggling and reach my knees. Then he did this thing where like halfway up and then you have to like kick your legs up the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. And most of the people just went right up. Yeah. No problem. Easy as can be. Moose tried a few times and eventually got it. <clears throat> my first couple of times I tried, I wasn't getting far enough. And he's like, kick your weight. Use all your <laughs> weight. Kick hard. Kick hard. Don't be afraid. I kicked so hard that I came over the other side. And there was a, a mirrored wall, and I slammed into the mirrored wall, and it shattered. And well, uh, said, you're making this up. No, no. No. And then he said, mm, yoga may not be for everyone. <laughs> okay, that's a really difficult pose. We actually can have you do it in your first session because we're hooked at the hips. So we mm-hmm. get you upside down where you just relax your entire body. So you're getting some space through your spine. You're hooked all the way at the hips. It's... Um, it's a nice little kind of binding at the hip, so mm-hmm. you actually get to relax the vertebrae a little bit easier. Oh, that's for me. And it's like some really cool trigger point release. You know all this because you do this with your chiropractor yeah. here. So we're pressing like on the QL muscles. We're pressing on the sacrum, hugging the sacrum in. We're getting to like the um Wait, you're the doing medius. that while? No, the, the fabric doesn't The, fabric does the weight you, of the fabric is doing this for you while you're upside down. Wow. Yeah, and then you're just relaxing your back and you're relaxing your neck and you're unlocking all those kinks. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Can kids do it? Yeah, kids can do it. Yeah, they're they like more dance than they like yoga, of course. No, know, I, I want to bring my whole family, bit. all six of us. All right, let's do it for a little family outing. Let's do it. Is there a weight limit on it? A thousand pounds. Yeah, so far so good. Yeah. And it's actually a little <laughs> bit more than a thousand pounds, but twenty-seven kilo newton. Yeah. Wow. Do you know what the heaviest you've ever had in there was? Uh, three hundred and 
380. Oh, nice. Yeah, we had um, a celebrity in there that was um, ready to ready to go for it. And it's really interesting because you have a heavier set person and you might assess like it's going to be more difficult for them. But it's surprisingly like to see them like go through it and just, you know, own it and, you know, be really strong throughout the whole thing and just. Well, the way you're describing it. So the second time I did yoga was a private, just me and and someone who actually worked at our office. She does private yoga and um, she would sort of suggest get into this position and then I'd struggle to do it and she had all these different things like little blocks and straps and bolsters and she's like oh just put your hand on this one Um, but it sounds like your hammock kind of does all of that built in for you so So it sounds like it'd actually be easier than than land-based yoga yeah we use um, a lot of Iyengar techniques where the Iyengar based classes use like a lot of props but then you're setting up props for half the class, and you end up getting into, like, five amazing poses, mm-hmm. but they only get to be five poses. So we're using something called, like, PNF technique where it's used in sports medicine quite a bit where we warm up the muscle and then we stretch the stretch muscle. It. Yeah, exactly. And, like and stretcher. Yeah, so we get to do that through a bunch of poses, through a series of poses, and the prop is the hammock, so it easily translates from one pose to the next pose to the next pose. So we have this nice flow to it where it gets to feel a little bit more like um, in yoga, it's like called a vinyasa flow class where um, it's pretty popular in Los Angeles. It's got a nice little rhythm to it. Sounds nice. Um, Wow. All right. We're already at our little halfway point, and I still have so much to find out. (laughs) Let's take a little break, and we're going to be right back with Kimberly Simonetti and Katie Soule on the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and we're continuing our discussion with Kimberly Simonetti and Katie Soul on aerial yoga and aerial arts, which are not the same thing. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we have agreement here. But the difference yeah. is... Aerial yoga is more for balance, for stretching, for... Uh, for balance and stretching. Yeah, yeah it's like good for the therapeutic, for the brain, for the body, for the spirit. Not that aerial... Arts or aerial dance doesn't do that as well, but I mean, being 
a dancer, you're trying to get longer lines. You're trying to point your toes further. You're trying to like go into like full extension in your splits and... I think as well, it's different goals for the clients. We see like a definite like type of personality that kind of gravitates towards the yoga versus the dance. And then you'll have the students that gravitate towards the dance and then realize when they're sore that they need to get to the gravitate to the yoga. It's more rehabilitative. Yeah. It can be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unlike the silks that you both talked about being very challenging and hard, you yeah. you don't need that upper body strength. Do you have to be in good shape to start uh, yoga, area yoga? No, not at all. No, and you will get the upper body strength doing the yoga Over because time. there are, yeah, exactly. Because even though it's a kind of slower progression because everything is, ge- is gentler than obviously jumping into a hardcore aerial arts discipline, um, a l- majority majority of the postures that you're doing involve, you know, we do a lot of arm work, a lot of core work, a lot of leg work. It's a f- kind of a full body. So do you the strength- stay in that hammock three feet off the ground the whole time? Or uh, do you no. start to move up? Or- we have you do the meditation in the very beginning. And then about uh, maybe seven or eight minutes in, you'll take two feet to the ground or one foot to the ground so that you can kind of find that groundedness in it as well as why you're getting used to it. And of course, we have level one classes and level two classes. In our level twos, we might be off the ground the entire hour. But we want to be sure that you feel comfortable. Do you ever climb up higher than the three feet? Uh, Not in our aerial yoga classes. In our yoga classes, we go the highest we go is eight feet. Oh, okay. Yeah. But in the dance classes, we go to the ceiling. Well, in, in the same apparatus? We can use the same apparatus or we can use the um, the silks, which don't have the base of the the bottom of it. But the same apparatus, we start you with an aerial dance level one class that teaches you how to learn to use the muscles properly. So everybody's trapezius muscles, like those big muscles on the neck and the back, Mm -hmm. are really strong and everybody starts to depend on those first. So we try to get their deep muscles to turn on for them. So we want that little base where they're almost sitting like in a chair and being able to do a pull-up for a quick second so Mm -hmm. they can engage those muscles instead of the superficial muscles. So it's all it's all a little package, a little rhythm like to I mean like I said in in the beginning our plan was to do this till we're 100 years old so I made sure I did a lot of research a lot of homework so that I can stay in the air forever oh how often do you guys do it well now let's talk about this you're both preggers yeah did you think you were going to be pregnant at the same time um well we both had it was we both had miscarriages yeah um and we were both trying to well yours was I had yeah 2014 and 2016 and then I was going through the IVF process before you were. Yeah, we were active. I had frozen yeah. some eggs um, a while back. Um, and then Kim and I were tr- uh, kind of having the conversations about wanting to get pregnant. And Kim was actually trying before I was. Um, and then I started trying, um, got pregnant fairly quickly had a miscarriage had to take a bunch of time to get my body right again and then started trying so we've been actively trying to get pregnant at the same time yeah 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 yeah. it just so happened that um we ended up i got pregnant three months before kim yeah second time and then yeah and then kim got pregnant and Fortunately, these pregnancies are you know it's interesting yeah. yeah it's like the rhythm um we have uh 
another teacher at Flying Yoga that is also pregnant. And oh, no kidding. Yeah. yeah I went through um, four IVFs. I had to have um, three uterine septum surgeries. Wow. So it was a little bit of a process and, you know, two miscarriages before that. Um, anyways. Sorry, well, those are so hard. Yeah. The journey is so long. I wish you guys were more open and sharing. It is interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, that's why it's kind of like we're spilling our beans on a podcast because <laughs> yeah. people need to know. Yeah. It is like yeah. something where you're not supposed to say that you're pregnant until week 12. And that's one of those things where you have to harbor, if it doesn't work out, that you hold. Oh, because nobody knew. Yeah. So you're on your own. Yeah, yeah. So you're on your own. You know, it's we between had, my I husband and I. We have a whole, um, whole episode of our podcast on early miscarriage, and I talk about it there too. My wife and I had miscarriages uh, in that time frame, and they were just so challenging and, and yeah, isolating brutal. and lonely. And yeah, ugh. but yeah. you know, thank God we have four healthy kids now, and yeah, you guys are on your way. Yeah, I think that the. the the tragic thing about miscarriage, I mean, it's, the whole thing is tragic, but um, I, I really, and I maybe I'm, this is just me, but it really has had a, an impact on me for this this second pregnancy because you're constantly, like the fear, it's like hard to turn that voice off, you know, especially mm-hmm. in the first trimester, you know, it's like, oh, if I can just make it to 12 weeks. I don't think just, we turned it off till the first birthday. Yeah, I can see right. that. Like no, the whole first year, uh, yeah. you know, he would sleep five hours and you should be ecstatic. But we're like, oh, my God, what happened? You know, you're just always <laughs> right? concerned that he's not going to be there. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to prepare as much as possible. I think in 2014 I did um, prenatal yoga teacher training so that I would make sure I did all the right things. And then in 2016 I did um, the spinning babies method training. Oh, yeah. And oh, and you're a doula. Yep, and then just before this one, I did doula training. Katie's doula. <laughs> she, she's my doula. Uh, yep, I'm Katie's doula. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, as of right nice. now, we'll see. We've, we've got a little bit more time for, you know. Not so much more time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and you you did your training where I did my training. Yeah, beanie birth. Beanie yeah. birth. So we're, we're technically doula siblings. Yeah, we are. Yeah, it, that's a magical space. It's really. It's the birth castle. Yep. That's what it looks like. Um <laughs> All right. So how about during pregnancy? Uh, Can you do the aerial things while you're pregnant? You can do it while you're pregnant. I actually didn't do it my first trimester this time. I was too scared. I just, um, I had went through two miscarriages and I didn't, I wasn't ready for it. You know, and of course my OB is like, you have to exercise. And I was like, yep, on it. But I was really waiting for that 12 weeks. I just didn't want to relive that experience again. And um, after 12 weeks, I felt confident and got back up in the air. And I actually practice daily. I go through inversions daily. It's really good for the body, gets the baby moving around. So I'm hopefully planning on having a beautiful uh, labor and delivery. And um, no matter which way it turns out, it'll be beautiful as long as I have a healthy, happy baby. I wonder if you'll do it because, you know, as a doula, I witness a lot of times people feel compressed during labor, yeah. and they're constantly looking for things to hang on, but that'll be so yeah. natural to you. Yeah, I've had um, a lot of pregnant women go through the studio, and they've gone through... I mean, I even had one of my clients, she's actually... She has two upflying young babies, is what we call them, because she went uh, to classes twice a week during both her pregnancies. Oh, during her pregnancies? Her pregnancies. Oh, cool. Yeah. And um, she had to miss class one night because she had to deliver the baby. It was really cute. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, I have a good excuse. Can I have a refund uh, on that class? <laughs> you get a doctor's note. Yeah, you need a doctor's note. <laughs> <laughs> Although she does have evidence. 
Um, Kitty, your pregnancy has been a little challenging. Yeah, it has. So I had really, really high hopes of um, continuing um, not just aerial yoga, but just exercise in general. Um, what other types of exercise do you normally do? Um, I usually do I, – I do grounded yoga um, and I'll do hot yoga. So I knew the hot yoga was kind of probably a no-go. Um, Have you but, ever done frozen yoga? <laughs> okay. No, but someone so, should start that. I know. Like, yeah. It's probably not healthy, but <laughs> it would take it. off anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pilates, hiking. I was doing some indoor bouldering right before I got pregnant. I just – taken that up as a hobby with my fiance. Um, so I kind of knew I was going to have to stop that. I knew the aerial arts. Like I know I did definitely didn't want to be working at height and that kind of stuff, but I really, really was hoping that I could continue aerial yoga, regular yoga, Pilates. And I actually did for a little bit in my first trimester. Um, and then I came to the end of the first trimester and I had a um, horrible experience with a uh, subchorionic um, hematoma okay. and a complete placenta previa and I was um, hem- like hemorrhaging blood like thick thick clots it was Ooh. super scary especially with the history of miscarriage, miscarriage. Oh. so um you know, obviously multiple um, ultrasounds and do- doctor's visits. We found out what it was, which was actually really comforting. It's nice to know that you have something that is, you know. Not dangerous, m- super common. Super com- well, kind of common and monitorable and, you know, just, you know, there was like a lot of positive stories out there, positive outcome stories. Um, but one of the things I was told was that I had to you know, pretty much limit oh, you're, all you're, my activities. Oh. So I couldn't work out. I've been no dying per- for somebody to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, for me, it was like a, it was just the, it's the worst because that's how I stress relief would be to to work out. And like all my friends are like, that's what we do. We work out together. So it was kind of a bit of a blow to have to be on a kind of sedentary path and it kind of has stayed like that the rest of my pregnancy. Um, I was cleared for a couple of months at the end of the, towards the end of the second trimester and then shortened cervix happened. So I was told no exercise, pelvic rest, you know, all of that kind of stuff. You know, I did, I also talked to you about this earlier, which is that you had so much fitness equity from before your pregnancy where you ate well, worked out a lot, were very active, that your body's in really good, strong shape. And so as much in as much as it doesn't feel good to not be working out and not be active for you, you're still in a pretty healthy place. Right. And yeah, and that's that's comforting. I think for me it was more the mind game of it all. You know, you kind of well, I <laughs> I dig myself into a hole of like I'm going to lose all my strength, my body's going to be harder to get back, you know, all of this like There's a lot of meditation. A lot of meditation moments for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least you can meditate. Yes, although that's the most challenging part of yoga for me is the meditation part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does your mind move quickly? Overactive mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I can relate to that. (laughs) What were we talking about? Just kidding. Pregnancy journeys. I think. So we're both pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And I hang out with pregnant women all the time. It's occupational hazard. I can't remember a thing. 
Okay. Um, we talked about in the introduction that you are, uh, Dr. Kimberly, you are yoga mm-hmm. doctor and yoga medicine certified and trained. Mm-hmm. What are those? Uh, yoga doctors is actually uh, an awesome group uh, led by Eden Goldman and Tara Gold. And they teach at Loyola Marymount uh, University. They are a 200-hour accredited um, yoga school. And it's the first one, I believe, that um, was even at a university that was recognized by a university. But what is, what is the concept of yoga doctors? Um, so concept of yoga doctors, uh, we studied 12 different forms of yoga and talked about, like, within the 200-hour realm to be um, certified through Yoga Alliance, we covered everything that um, Yoga Alliance required of us, but Yoga Doctors specifically speaks therapeutic-based. So we talk about each of the poses, the purpose of each pose, the benefits of each pose, um, the reason why you do each of the pose more medically-wise than you would spiritually-wise. So mm-hmm. some of them focus more, some of the schools focus more on uh, maybe chakras or spiritual energies. And oh, and Yoga Doctors is more about muscles, ligaments, tend- yep. tendons, joints. Yeah. Oh, I see. Um, soon there'll be yoga surgeons. Sorry? Yoga surgeons. Yoga surgeons. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. But yeah. that's what, when yoga doctors came to mind, I sort of oh, picture, yeah. but that's that's what it kind of is, which is that you're using yoga principles to therapeutically heal the body on a more yeah. physical, because yoga is part spiritual, part physical, right? Yeah. So they focus more on the physical. Yeah. They, they all complement each other, but there's so many types. When you say the word yoga, it could mean a lot of different things. It could just mean meditation, could just mean breath work, you know, it could mean the physical asanas is usually what it means for most people or the physical postures moving through an hour class. Mm-hmm. But they all intertwine together and they connect and the pieces of the puzzle that come together get to be a really nice mm-hmm. piece that completes you as a person so that you get a lot, the most benefits out of that hour session. Are there, getting back to yoga, uh, aerial yoga, yeah. up flying yoga, is there a um, like a time when all first timers come together? Our level one class, we have a lot of first-timers. We'll have it probably be about like 50% beginners and then 50% advanced people or people that have been at least a dozen times. To level one? Yeah, to level one. People come back to level one because it's uh, it's a good foundation and there are advanced poses. So the instructor will give you a move that's a modification. If you can't do it well enough yet, then you do this. If you have this in advanced, then you'll do this position instead. So there's it's it complements each other very well. You can have beginners and advanced together. How often together. do people do it? Uh, once or twice a week. How often do you have classes? Uh, we have about five classes a day, seven days a week. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's access. Is there Are there things that you can do at home that are that somehow similar to continue it when you're not in the studio? Yeah. I mean, you can't necessarily hang upside down, and that's the number one benefit is just having that inversion where, you know, you can do uh, – <laughs> Your uh, handstand where you, you know, press oh, yeah. against the mirror and break the mirror. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's those, but, sh- you know, you can do that if you want to. <laughs> right. But if you want to have um, seven well. years of good luck, then <laughs> yes. you come into the studio. <laughs> and let us And you hang upside down, yeah. And you get to relax all your muscles instead of working all your muscles. So you focus actually on calming the muscles and the nervous system and to get the spinal column to break up a little bit. That sounds bit. so good. Does anybody ever install this thing in, at home? Because it yeah. sounds like you'd get addicted to it. Yeah. We have people that, yeah, get their, their home regs going on. And they, they do seem to come back to classes. It's different when you have someone instructing sure. you to get into the meditation and get into the poses. But, you know, when you need a Right. Well, I sometimes work out at home. Yeah. But it's totally different than a group. It's like taking a snack. You eat a real snack first. Class. You just go to a quick inversion, get upside down, 
get the neck to relax. It really is the best. I mean, even like I have a rig at home, and even just sitting in it and doing the little womb pose that um, Kim was talking about at the beginning of the podcast, like that just alone, like that process of just like shutting yourself off. Yeah, it's really nice. It's just, it's, you know, aside from exercising, like that just kind of centers me. It's making me think about my breech mamas. Yeah. And how they're always trying to do inversions and see if they can get whichever yeah. part of the baby's down in the pelvis to kind of slide out. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things about um, studying the spinning babies method was going, okay, this is right for me. This is really good. It's like I've been creating pregnant women. <laughs> <laughs> um, do people come in and have a fear of heights, even though it's only three feet? Yeah. Yeah, that happens. Because you're floating. Yeah. I mean, we have people that are afraid to go upside down and they're there. It's it's really kind of cool to see because they're there because they're trying to overcome that fear. Overcome that fear, yeah. How long does it take? It's different for everyone. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's the first session. They'll go upside down the first time. They'll be scared out of their minds. Their palms are sweating. We'll get them upside down. They'll stay maybe for about 20 seconds. And the second time, we do it twice during the hour. The second time, they'll feel a little bit better, but still nervous. And then at the end of class, we'll offer people to take photos. And then all of a sudden, they just jump upside down, and they, they know how to do all the do poses. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, my palms are already sweating, and I'm not there. <laughs> and Willis, if, if someone is really, um, you know, having a hard time getting their head around going upside down, like, we'll assist. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it's just as simple as placing like a gentle hand on their back and just letting them know. Like you, as an instructor, you know that the hammock is there to support them. Like you're not going to have to do anything, but just that physical kind of reassurance. My hand is right here. You can feel mm -hmm. it in your back. I'm not going to let you go. And then people will like kind of trust that. And then you take the hand away. They don't even notice that you've yeah. taken, taken the hand away. And they're like, they're their okay. mind is blown that they're like doing it by themselves. So yeah. we just got back from vacation and we went rappelling uh -huh. in Israel. And um, I took my whole family. Not all of us ended up doing it. But we went up to the mountain. We were hanging off the cliff. We were looking over the cliff. Mm -hmm. It was maybe... 50 or 60 feet down. And um, I, you know, as a bigger dude, I just don't see myself hanging off a cliff by that little rope. And the guy, his name was Tommy. He says, don't worry about it. He said all the wrong things to me. Uh -huh. He said, don't worry about it. He said, even if your rope stops, which is not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I didn't really hear anything he said after that. <laughs> so even if your rope snaps, he goes, I have another rope and I will hold you up. You're like, and Tommy's about yeah. 110 pounds. So I was like, no, Tommy, I studied physics. If my rope snaps, you are not holding me up. Yeah. I am dragging you down. And God bless you. I hope you land on top of me. <laughs> well, it's kind of crazy because if somebody asked me to go skydiving, I'd say absolutely not. Oh, really? Because yeah. uh, why? A bungee jumping? I oh, would not never. do it. So, well, that's interesting. So, because you don't like falling, but falling is different than. Well, that's also putting trust in something else. Like, I get to climb myself up the fabric. I'm trusting me. You're trusting the fabric. Well, I You're also made the sure. Rigging, but I also made sure the rigging is, yeah. Solid. We actually had um, somebody from Cirque du Soleil come in and rig oh, it. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, it's, it's um, professional, it's OSHA approved. Like, we've got. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's a real um, deal. Yeah, it's very safe. It's number one. Like I said, I got to do this till I'm 100, so I'm going to make sure everybody's safe. What about uh, what about repelling? Um, zip lines. Well, zip lines. I because enjoy. I didn't put together the zip line. <laughs> right. I guess maybe that's why I don't know. You don't like it. No, I I, 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 I've zip line before. Yeah, I've zip line before. They do have two. Um, they have a double. Yep, they do have a double. 
So if one snaps. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't need it because I'm hanging upside down every day and, right. you know, doing, doing it anyways. Yeah. All right, guys. This has been a fun conversation. I loosely commit to bring my whole family down and trying Please. it one time. Please. Right. You should. For an Instagram You know we're going to hold shoot. you to that. Yeah. I'm hoping to get at least three more followers besides my mom. <laughs> I started following you. My, I, I know you did. I was very grateful. My mom is two of my followers, actually. She, she, she Are was, you the third one? Like a different profile? I'm, I'm two more of my followers. <laughs> uh, thank you a million times over for being here. Um, you're both really kind of cool to meet and work with. I feel blessed. And um, you've Ditto. made me take something that I think I would totally never do and feel like I really want to try it. Good. So hopefully we will and we'll post it. Uh, where can we find you online? Upflyingyoga.com. Upflyingyoga.com. Yeah. And is there for outside of Los Angeles or are there like? Uh, we've trained instructors that teach outside of Los Angeles and you can find that staff on upflyingyoga.com. On upflyingyoga.com. Yeah. Are there more and more all the time? Yeah. Are there like studios? I just, You're I just finished the training. Um, no, we trained um, aerial yoga instructors that uh, teach outside but not other upflying yogas. Is that in the works? It, I mean, after this. <laughs> After, I mean, this after this podcast, podcast my mom's yeah. at least going to be looking yeah. for a place. <laughs> she's got a way to go before yeah, she's ready. 100. Let me gear up. All right. Uh, at home, thanks for listening to our podcast. Uh, if you have any questions uh, or comments or topic ideas, send us an email, info at informedpregnancy.com. This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash.